You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So the big news of the day, Aaron Jones did his did get his contract restructured. It was, it was um, actually kind of funny because Clayton um, posted his thing yesterday, kind of a breaking news um, from, I don't know, Egypt or wherever he's at these days. He's traveling the world. <laughs> I don't know why Egypt. Nobody wants to go to Egypt. Actually, my grandparents went to Egypt. They had a good time. Anyways, um, and I, I misunderstood his text message. He was asking if I could help him upload it or whatever. And I kind of just skimmed it. I, I, I got the idea. Like, can you help me upload it? Yeah, yeah, I got it, dude. And then um, I see the title and I misread the title because, again, everything is shorthand with my brain. I don't thoroughly do anything. Just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, 9 million restructure. Got it. And I thought it was a hypothetical. And so I'm like, I wonder what that would look like, a $9 million restructure. So I'm kind of combing around, and I go over to Track, and I'm like, all right, so if you move that to here, wait, 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 wait. Why does it say $8.2 million? Then I looked over in dead cap, and it said $19.6. I'm like, well, that's kind of it, but it was 20-something. Like, I don't understand. Like, do they have their columns wrong? Am I reading this wrong? It took, bottom line, it took me way too long to figure out what the heck was going on. And so I was like, you know, then all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I immediately go online and look it up. And sure enough, there was a uh, restructure done for Aaron Jones, which um, I am still currently in the process of processing. But um, I think ultimately, although the restructure is probably, I don't remember what I said before. I, I need to start writing this stuff down that I say before. I don't remember how this lines up with what I said. But I think this is a bigger restructure than I anticipated. I'm pretty sure I was looking at, you know, like low teens, which because because I'm always my thought on this is always let's minimally restructure to decrease the pain in the future. Right. Because all we're doing is transferring money. We're not actually reducing anything. We're just taking some of the money and we're moving it to the later years. Right. Nothing was reduced for this year. It was, but it, it just got moved. And, and the only other additional thing is that we increase the guarantees. So when we eventually do move on from Aaron Jones, we will end up having to pay more, but a giant restructure here. And so then the question becomes, I guess for me, why would you reduce it that much? And the main reason that I can think of is because Aaron Jones was never really that difficult to restructure. 
David Bakhtiari is extremely difficult to restructure. And and the other thing to take away from this is it seems like the Packers have made it very obvious how they're going to get out of these pain points with these contracts, and that is they're just going to add an, uh, an extra year to every contract, right? So if they've got two years left, we're going to pay for them for three years. If they've got one year left, we're going to pay for two. If they've got four years left, we're going to pay for five. I don't know how long we're going to do this. Maybe this is just the way we do things from now on, or maybe this is just how we're going to get out of this for the time being. Um, and that ultimately is what's going to happen with David Bakhtiari. He has a $28.7 million dead cap hit, or not dead cap, cap it this year, 32.9 um, this next year. What I'm assuming they're going to do with David Bakhtiari is just add a third year. Now, they, they may add three years, four years, five years. I don't, I don't really know the difference because ultimately all that does is add one more year because when they ultimately leave, it all gets accelerated up into that year. So I, I think, well, I do know why they add multiple years. It's to reduce the hit over this year and next year. So let's just, let's just do something with David Bakhtiari here. Let's say... We're, um, and you got to remember, we're going to have to do this probably twice with David Bakhtiari. We'll do it this year, and then we're going to have to do it again next year. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. All we're trying to do is spread this out over three years in a way that we're comfortable with. We want to reduce this year, reduce next year, and not have too massive of a hit in 2025. And also the the other variable that you have to consider, because remember, I don't like any of this. I don't like paying for guys that aren't here. But ultimately, what we're talking about is a dead cap hit. And how much of a dead cap hit are we willing to play with, right? We, it can't be, you don't want it to be 60. 30 is what we had last year, which was high, but it's also not super unusual. It's not like, you know, the second highest in the league or anything. I think we were kind of middle of the pack, a little bit high middle. I don't know. But you've got a running tally. Like, what is our dead? And, and the fact is, we're only in 2023. So let's not rack up too much of a tab in 2025 already, because we're going to have to continually add to this over over the years. But um, right now we know with Aaron Jones, for example, the way that this is structured, let's start there for Aaron Jones. We're going to pay $8.2 million this year. Next year, we're going to pay 17.7. And that may get restructured again. I don't know. They might be comfortable enough with that. Let's just say that's roughly 16-ish million for this year. It's high, but it's not, you know, the worst thing in the world. We'll have to see what the cap looks like next year. Um, you know, obviously if Rodgers leaves and we take all the cap hit this year, we are more than comfortable to pay for that. If Rodgers is here, I don't know what we do. I, th- that contract I'll never understand. And then in year three, even though there's three void years, essentially it's just he has two years left on his contract. And then he's, unless we give him another contract, he's gone in 2025. For the sake of argument, let's just say we don't give him another contract. Now we have to pay the remaining three years, which is 2.47, 2.47, and 1.704 which adds up to 6.65 million. So we'll have to pay 6.6 million for Jones, who is not here, which sucks. But at the same time, it's like, hey, if this is all we have to do to get out of this mess, we'll deal with it. Again, not ideal whatsoever. You don't want to pay for guys that aren't here. And again, this is relatively low-ish. So maybe they do it again next year. If you want to get it down to 15, you add, I don't know. If you want to drop it two, you have to cut four because you're going to add it over. Oh no, because it's over... I don't know. I don't know what the math is. Could figure it out kind of quick, but I don't feel like doing it. Odds are, the bottom line is it's probably not super worth it because you're just going to add a ton. But that's kind of where we're at. 8.2 this year, 17.7 next year. And because a lot of that money was converted into money that's already paid to Jones and guaranteed, that means the dead cap hit goes up, which means it's less likely we're going to be able to get out of 2024. We can, but we don't save a ton of money. It's $12.4 million in dead cap. 
So why would you bother? I mean, the, the question becomes, would you rather have Aaron Jones play for you for 17.7 or have Aaron Jones not play for you for 12.4? When you look at it from that perspective, obviously I'd rather him be here. So assuming we leave it alone, that's what it is. It's 8.2 this year, 17.7 next year, and then we have to pay 6.65 for him to not be here in 2025. So we look at David Bakhtiari. Again, 28 or 29 this year and 33 next year is already insanely painful. And there's no way to really get out of this without making 2025 pretty painful um, in terms of paying for a guy that's not here. I would assume it would be something on the order of what we did with Zadarius. All right, so if you look at this past year, Billy Turner was about a $6 million dead cap hit. Zadarius was 11.4. So let's say it's 6 and 12. So Billy Turner will be similar to Aaron Jones, and Zadarius will be similar to um, David Bakhtiari. So we're going to allow ourselves $12 million when he's not here, which sucks, but let's just say that's what we're going to allow ourselves for the sake of getting out of the next couple of years. And for the sake of minimal impact next year, because again, we don't want to increase next year. We're, we're going to end up having to restructure that again anyways. We'll do the maximum void years, which I think is like five years. It doesn't ultimately matter because it's all going to be accelerated into the next year. But let's just say for the sake of argument, that's what we're doing. So let's say we want to do something massive again. Say we want to get them down to 20. So we're going to drop it eight point. Well, eh, what are we going to do? Give me a minute. I got to play with this. So one thing, and, and take all this with a grain of salt, because... On one hand, doing this cap math is actually extremely easy. It's all just addition. It's not even subtraction. It's, well, there is some subtraction, it, it, but it's, it's very simple. But there's, there's like nuance, and then there's certain dates that mean certain things. And so th there's likely these little trip wires that I'm maybe missing. But a potential restructure, trying to keep the void year at 12, right? Again, that's the goal. Um, it's going to be $12 million, just like it was with Zadarius after he leaves. Don't like it, but it is what it is. We could drop David Bakhtiari. Just looking at the salary caps, 2023 this year, down to $24.5 million. So from 28.7 down to 24.5, which is reasonable. Next year, what that would do is bring the next year's cap hit up to 33.7. It's not a ton. It brings it from 32.9 to 33.6, but we're going to restructure it again. We're going to bring that 33.7 down to 26.7. Still kind of high, but obviously significantly better. And again, the salary cap goes up 24.5 and 26.7 next year are probably going to be about the same thing. Then David Bakhtiari goes bye-bye. We pay $12 million um, and that's the end of it. So again, I don't think, and and look, it's, it's, it's math. You can say, well, they can lower it more. Well, yeah, he's got $6.7 million in his base salary. I don't know what, bring it down to $1 million. I don't know if there's anything else that can be uh, his roster bonus. I, I don't know. You can drop this down. I'm sure there's a way to check what the maximum restructure is on here. Anyways, I don't know. The, the, but the point is, you, you can't make the money go away unless you're Aaron Jones accepting pay cuts because you're just the greatest human being on planet Earth, which I didn't even mention. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll circle back to that. I don't expect players to do this ever. So obviously that's also an option for players. I don't expect David Bakhtiari to do it, and I'm not going to call him a bad person for not doing it. The guy earned the contract that he was given. He's under no obligation to accept any pay cuts. Um, that's, that's my position on that. Um, and generally, unless, again, you're Aaron Jones, you just nobody accepts pay cuts. It's just not a thing people do. So 
leaving that aside, unless David Bakhtiari takes a pay cut, you can reduce it more, but you're just increasing how much more you're spending in 2025 when he's gone. So if you're comfortable with it going up to 15, that's fine. It's not really going to move the needle very much in terms of how much it's going to help us these years. As you can see, again, we we just reduced it a little bit so it's a little bit more palatable, and it's a $12 million kind of crushing hit. If you want to bring it up to 20 or something, then yeah, we can make some serious space. But, you know, I'm not exactly doing backflips about $20 million for a guy that's not here. So for me, this would be like the maximum amount of comfort. Not that it matters what I think. I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you my perspective so that you know my personal baseline. Um, and also if, if something happens and I'm wrong and somehow they reduce it a lot more and we don't pay more because I don't know how this stuff works, then great. Or obviously, if he takes a pay cut, that's even better. That's always an option. But if the Packers restructure it more and there is a $20 million cap hit in 2025, then you'll know my position. I don't like it. <laughs> if they do it less and there's less of a cap hit, then I like it even more. Aside from the part where we're going to have to pay more uh, in 2023 and 2024, which is not fun. So the point is, David Bakhtiari's contract was always more difficult. It's obviously malleable. There's things you can do, and I expect them to do it. Maybe they'll just sit here. Maybe they'll just allow it to be 28-7. But I doubt it because we've got more to do. Before we circle back, um, I did find this, so we might as well talk about it. Uh, I lost it already. So many tabs. Just so we're clear on this, because, you know, again, obviously the Packers are going to be fine. But just to kind of put things into perspective, if you go over to Over the Cap, they have a thing called restructure potential. It shows the teams where they have their cap space, right? So the Bears obviously have the most cap space at 85.6 million. Um, and then from there, let's just use the Bears as an example because they're at the top and it's easier to follow along with the sheet for me. So they have 85.6 million right now. There are two options that they give. Simple restructure, maximum restructure. So if you just do, and I don't exactly know what that is, but if you just do a, a minor tweak, to the to all the contracts that are available, then for the Bears, it equates to 17.4 million additional dollars. There's no reason for them to do that. They have the money now. Why would you backload money later? So there's no reason to free up money for the Bears. But that's what they can do. On a maximum restructure, if they just plummeted everybody's contract down to a million dollars and pushed all the money out, they could have 37.8 additional million dollars, which would give them a grand total of $123.4 million in cap space. So do you understand how that works? So here's how it is for the Packers. After the Aaron Jones um, amazing thing, $8.5 million in the hole still. With just simple restructures, again, there's a calculus for this. I don't exactly know what it is, but the Packers can free almost $50 million. $49.487,803 million, putting them at a cap area of $40.9 million. If they did a maximum restructure, which I'm begging them not to do, $72.8 million they can free up, giving them, uh, putting them at $64.2 million. Now, I don't even, ex I'm, I'm not anticipating having $41 million, right? They're not going to even do simple restructures across the board. I don't expect. But the point is, can the Packers dig their way out of this catastrophic $8 million hole? Of course they can. We had a worse situation last year and we got out of it, right? So listen, we're, we're, we're not going to get stuck. The Aaron Rodgers thing scares the crap out of me. Um, but we're, 
the the Packers have a plan for all these different things. I, I and, and the only doom scenario that I'm aware of with the Aaron Rodgers situation is if he plays this year and retires next year. That's the only doom scenario. Um, and I don't think there's any way out of that in terms of like you can't move the money because the point is he's gone and there's a bunch of money left. Where are you going to move it? <laughs> right? It's like, uh, it doesn't really make any sense. It's like bailing out the front of the boat full of water and trying to throw it in the back of the boat. Like you're, you're not making any progress here. But as of right now, we're good to go. Um, Aaron Jones, let me just read this here because, again, I was just getting my footing. I didn't really fully understand uh, the situation. I knew that we had moved some money around. Uh, Aaron Jones, running back, accepted a $5 million pay cut for 2023 while also converting 8.5. I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's borderline. I'm not going to say brings a tear to my eye, but it, it, it just, that guy is, I don't get it. You know what I mean? You know when like people do something for you and it's way more and you almost feel guilty? Like, dude, you didn't have to do that, man. $5 million pay cut while also converting 8.52. So the 8.52, it does have to get paid. It will get paid. But $5 million is just vanished. Converted $8.52 million of salary and roster bonus into signing bonus. Uh, adding one void year, freeing up $11.816 million of cap space with the Green Bay Packers. And I'll be honest, I think um, it became clear to me that something was going to get done and Aaron Jones was going to stay when um, I had played that interview with him. I think it was with Skip and Shannon. And they just asked him flat out, like, are you coming back? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be back. So I think at that point, he knew, like he had had conversations with the Packers. Um, and so there you go. Um, and Aaron Jones, the, the, the thing with Aaron Jones is they needed to get something done relatively soon because there was a trigger date coming up for him. And that's something to pay attention to with the rest of this roster is when are these dates coming due where something has to happen? So, for example, with Aaron Rodgers, March 17th is that date uh, for that $58.3 million bonus that everybody knows about, right? And if Rodgers comes back, are we doing something with this contract? I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. I really don't. And who knows? Maybe Rodgers takes a pay cut. I, I know that's kind of like a, a laughing, a, a big joke for everybody, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, for David Bakhtiari, there's a $9.5 million roster bonus due on March 19th. Kenny Clark is also March 19th. It's just two million bucks, but whatever. But these are all guys that you can do some things with. Um, Kenny is another one, but, you know, the, the other thing that's tough is that everybody is 2025. Like, <laughs> everything, and, and it's interesting, too, if you think about it. Everybody seems to be going through 2025. What's the other thing we know about Aaron Rodgers? What's, 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 what's the pain point with Aaron Rodgers? He's either going to retire or he needs to play two more years. It seems like everything is set up to go through 2024, doesn't it? Kenny Clark is set up through 2024. Aaron Jones through 2024. David Bakhtiari through 2024. Aaron Rodgers' contract is set up to basically go through 2024. Like, you know, unless he leaves this year or last year, which he hasn't, and I don't think he's going to. I was going to talk about that yesterday, by the way. I completely forgot. I ended the podcast. I was like, oh, shoot. I told him I was going to tell him why I think Aaron Rodgers stays, and then I didn't do it. And again, this is the problem. Now, again, you could do some other things like give extensions. I know there's some serious questions about Kenny, but he's 28 years old. You could possibly just extend him, and that would bring his, his cap hit down and kind of push things out a little bit further. The issue with restructuring him is, is, is he's already in 2025. So again, remember, we've got, we're going to pay 
Bakhtiari, $12 million dead cap it. We've got, what was it, six or seven or something for Aaron Jones. It's already at about nine million, a little over $9 million when Kenny, if Kenny were to leave in 2025. That's, a, that's on the books right now, dead cap hit, unless he gets another contract or something. Can't get out of it. So we can restructure him, but then the $9 million goes up to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Like, how high is 2025 going to get? And again, that money's still due. It's like, well, it doesn't just get erased if we extend him. Like, oh, we extended him, so we don't have to worry about it. Void years go to zero. Nope. The bill, the bill's still due. Now, I don't know exactly how that works. Do we just layer it on top of everything? Um, if it's an extension, I'm guessing if it's a new contract, tear this up into a new one, you got to pay the bill of the old one. But I don't know. I, this is beyond my understanding of things. But I'm just explaining kind of the pain point. And right now it's 2025. We're just stacking money in 2025. So some of these guys got to get extended or we got to move on sooner or something. Uh, Jair would be another one. And to be completely honest, I think this is an obvious one. I do think that they're going to touch Jair's contract. The reason being, it's it's relatively high. It's already $20 million, but it doesn't go up a lot. It goes from 20 to 22 to 23 to 25. And if you just look at the expected inflation, right, his contract, and I think we talked about this before, is essentially going down. This one is very obvious to reduce, and, and kind of in a big way. They can probably slam Jair's contract. And again, Jair is going to be fine with it. Nobody's nobody's going to be mad because you got to remember, we're not reducing anybody's money. In fact, we're giving them more money. We're essentially taking this and saying, let us take a portion of this because his base salary is $1.4 million, right? He's getting $14 million supposedly this, this year if everything goes all the way through, he gets all of his money. We're going to increase that. We're going to take some future money. We're going to write you a check and put it in your pocket, and then we'll pay the bill later. But once we write him that check, it becomes guaranteed. So money that he wasn't guaranteed before, necessarily, if something goes wrong, he expects to get it, but we don't know, it becomes guaranteed. We put the money in his pocket, and we say we're going to pay it later. It reduces the salary cap hit. We pay him more cash, but less cap, and we pay the bill for that check we gave him later on. That kind of makes sense? So Jair, I think, makes a ton of sense to me, because he's he's young, he's only 26, going to be here a long time, might get another contract after 2026 when he's 29. By that point, you know, if we're paying him, if the, the cap hit is 28, like it's, it's going to be the same as 20 this year. Preston Smith is another one that seems relatively obvious. The, the other problem with doing this is that the dead cap also goes up. So if you're planning on moving on, if you're looking at him saying, dude, he's 31, I think we need to get out of here soon. Restructuring is not a good idea because essentially what's happening, if you look at it, and let's say we want to keep him, we want to restructure him down. So we do that. 2024, we decide, hey, let's get out of this. Well, as of right now, if we decide to move on from Preston in 2024, he has a cap hit of about 15 million. Dead cap is about seven. So it's about half. We'd get about half that money back. But if you start pushing money out, the dead cap goes up every year. So now all of a sudden, instead of 7.3, it goes up to, I don't know, 11 or something. And you can still move on, but now you're paying 11 million in dead cap instead of the seven. So now you're looking at it saying, we're kind of stuck in 2024. So that's the other thing. It's a, it's a, it's a further commitment. This is part of the reason I said Jones is... Now, now, not only is he definitely here this year, I think he's definitely here next year as well. He'll ride out these next two years for sure, at least, if they don't continue keeping him. Um, when you do this, these extensions, you're, you're also guaranteeing them more time, which is another reason the player wants it, right? They can potentially get rid of Preston right now. In fact, if you look at uh, Spot Track, it says potential out 2024. So this is he's looking at it as... This is a great opportunity starting in 2024 to get rid of him. He's 32 years old. But if they do this restructure, we're not only committing to you this year, we're committing to you next year. 
And then in 2025, we can maybe look at getting out of this. So it's a question. Or do we want to commit to Preston for two more years and then eat some additional dead cap and, and, and it would be 2025 again is kind of the problem. Or we just keep him. His contract goes to 2026. We can keep him through 2025, but he's 34 years old at that point. But anyways, these are future problems. I'm just further explaining. It's an option, but those are the complications with an older guy. So all these different variables, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of interesting. Um, another big one, Rashawn Gary. He's in the final year of his contract. There's every reason to believe this guy is going to get massively paid. Yes, he did tear his ACL. I don't think that's going to impact things too much. I think he's going to get, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I thought Elton Jenkins got kind of screwed, but that mostly was because I think they treated him as a guard. And I think there's even a, a thing in his contract that says if he plays tackle, he will make more money. But even at tackle, he didn't get that big of a contract, which I'm all super excited about. So we'll see. But I think he's going to get big time paid. Um, which I do think will reduce his cap hit a little bit. It usually does. He's only at 11, and considering his per year is probably going to be like 25 plus, I can't imagine reducing it too much this year, but we might be able to save a little bit here. I don't know exactly what that would look like. I'd have to look at some other big contracts and see like what is the first year percentage of, of the total. You know, if it if it's like 10%, then you're looking at 2.5. If it's 25%, you know, you divide it by four or whatever. Get it down to six or something. Um, Devondre, I think is, is somewhat doable, not a ton of wiggle room. He's only got an $8 million cap hit, but it, the interesting thing about Devondre, assuming we're planning on keeping him and that's the, that's the thing. Are we going to commit to Devondre or are we planning to move on? We got a young guy, potential replacement. He took a little bit of a step back. Um, how long do we want to commit to the guy? But if we're all the way committed, his cap hit goes up to 13, which is relatively high which we could restructure again. But then in 2025, it goes down to 11.8 and then 11.8 again, which again, salary cap goes up massively in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. By 2025 and 2026, his cap hits pretty low. So again, the restructure potential is obvious. The question is, he's 30 years old already. We're basically committed to him for the next two years. Do you want to further commit to three years or four years just so that you can free up a tiny little bit of money? I don't know if it's worth it. But again, these are all options. And it's why, you know, if we restructure all these guys, even kind of minimally, yeah, we can get to 40 million bucks. But there's a lot of question as to whether or not you would want to do that. Darnell Savage is another one. Um, I think everybody would hate it. But what if they decided to just give the guy a contract? You know, because it wouldn't be a big one. He, he has not been a great safety. So imagine if he got, I don't know, what do, what do moderate safeties get these days? Let me look at something. Because right now, we because we exercise that fifth-year option, and I know everybody's like, no, just get rid of him. And that's an option if we could trade him, but I doubt anybody would want to do that. Um, plus, we need safeties. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But he's getting paid about $8 million right now. So let me take a gander at PFF real quick and just kind of see where he ranks, and then I'll look at how, the, how much those guys are getting paid. Oh, this is crazy, dude. So if you look at the 2019 draft class, 23 safeties played this year. Darnell Savage was the lowest graded. He ranked 23rd out of 23. That is wild. Even including guys that played like one snap. I'm talking everybody. Everybody. He had the lowest. So I wonder if any of these guys got paid here. So Derwin James, who obviously is a, a phenomenal safety, got paid... 19 million per year. However, Jalen Thompson of Arizona, 
who is right in the middle. I'm, I'm looking at the 2018 and 19 draft class. He ranks 24th out of 44. He got three years, 36. So we're talking 12 million. Tracy Walker, um, who actually did really well this past year. So maybe he, what did he do last year? I wonder. Maybe he wasn't super great. Yeah. So Tracy Walker, who actually had struggled the last two years, he signed a three year, $25 million deal. So now we're down to eight. That's what he's getting right now. If we could get him the Tracy Walker deal, just think about this. I know we don't like Darnell Savage. I get it. But we need safeties, and we can get him a three-year, $25 million deal that puts him at eight average. He's at eight right now. So it's essentially two more years on top of this. It's eight average, so he's going to drop down to, I don't know, four this year. So we'll save money there. And we can. it's, it's a small amount, probably, I don't know, what was the guarantees here? I'm guessing it's not a ton. And look, he's he's kind of over a barrel. He doesn't really, he can't expect to get much here. Only 17 of that is guaranteed. So there's a good chance we could get out next year or maybe after next year. I don't know. It looks like, looks like we would commit to him this year and next year, and then we could potentially get out of it. And again, what, what other options do we have, right? If nothing else, worst case scenario, he's, he's a kind of rotational safety slash slot guy. I mean, what, how much help do we actually expect to get at safety? Let's say we got rid of Savage. What are we going to do? Amos isn't coming back, I don't think. What are we going to do? We can draft a guy. Okay, so we have one rookie and what? We have nothing. We got Rudy Ford, right? I, I'm all for Rudy Ford. He's, he's decent. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to help the cap today by extending Savage, giving him this year two additional years, but essentially it's just a two-year commitment this year and next year. And essentially he's a stopgap. He's here to just kind of fill in because while we go through the process of trying to accumulate more safeties, we'll add at least one this year, hopefully a stud, and we'll see what Savage can do, right? He kind of showed a little bit after that bye week, right? There was a lot of talk about him trying to make plays all the time as opposed to just staying in the system and doing what you're supposed to do. He was so worried about making the big play, and we did see some improvement, especially when we moved him to the slot. So maybe there's a little something we can do but we give him a little bit of commitment. We, we, you know, whatever, he'll agree. He'll agree to this. I think, if anything, this is generous. $8 million over three years. He's getting a little bit of extra money. He's getting an opportunity to prove that he can do it. I'm, I'm personally not opposed to that. 608 Let me know what you think. Um, Razul Douglas, essentially, we could just do, the only thing that's really available is to do what we're doing with everybody else. Add void years. He's got two years left on his contract. If we pay that over three years, we can reduce 2023 and 2024. He doesn't have a massive cap hit. He's only at 7.7. So I look at it and just say, what's the point? Why add more pain to 2025? Let's just leave it alone. On top of that, we can very easily get out next year, right? got to remember, we have Eric Stokes already. And if we're committing to Savage to kind of fill that slot role, and we got a couple other guys we like, we, we don't need to massively commit to Razul. Razul's fine. I get it. But Right now, and, and by the way, if we, if we decided to move on from Razul, we save uh, $4.2 million. That would be the easiest way to do that. But if we stay with him, we get him this year, and then next year he's at 10.7. He's only 29. I mean, we could keep him. We can extend him. No big deal, right? Or if it's not working out, maybe we draft a corner. Who knows? It's a $1.7 million dead cap hit. So we would save $9 million next year. So again, this is where, is there a simple and maximal restructure? Of course, but do you really want to? Do you really want to hurt me? That's the question.
And then Elton just got his bag, so I'm guessing they structure that the way that they wanted to structure that. And he is only... And that's actually a good example. Like, what is his total here? So it's it's uh, $17 million per year. This year is a $7 million cap hit, so it's 41%. So just as a general rule, if you want to restructure a guy, so if we apply that to Savage and say we got him an $8 million per year contract, you'd expect him to be this year at about $3.3 million. I don't hate that. Anyways, I don't see a ton of other guys. I mean, there's a lot of little contracts that you can do a little bit with, but um, that's that's kind of that. And I expect those things to happen. Again, I think Jair makes a ton of sense. David Bakhtiari, I think, has to get done. It's going to be kind of painful, but that's my expectation is that they will restructure him this year and next year and then take on a, a decent chunk in 2025. So anyways, uh, massive, massive restructuring. I, I mentioned this on Twitter, so let me clarify here because I think some people uh, didn't necessarily uh, agree or understand or appreciate or whatever. But the comment I made on Twitter immediately was that the Jones news is bigger than I anticipated. In other words, when I really saw it and the magnitude of it, and you start thinking of the implications of it, it's something that I wish I had talked about more on the podcast because it's it has a lot of implications. Number one, we freed up a lot more money than I expected that we would. And I, I think the $5 million pay cut is the disparity there. If you add $5 million on top of this, it's pretty much what I expected. But that's big. The fact that it more or less commits him for the next two years, which, don't get me wrong, is awesome. I know I, I, I have positioned myself in a way that a lot of people are going to see me as an anti-Jones guy, which I think is absolutely absurd. There's no better person on planet Earth that I'm aware of, uh, specifically, that's ever been a Packer, going back to, you'd have to go back to probably Bart Starr to find a guy that is that is as high character as Aaron Jones, uh, on top of the fact that he is absolutely an elite player. So knowing that he's here for two years is fantastic. My only question was trying to actually look at this logically and not just be emotional about it, because I think that's the right thing to do. And, and that just bring up that there is at least a question, you know, especially if we are planning to rebuild, which I don't know that we were, clearly we're not. Um, is it possible? And I thought it was certainly possible, but the Packers decided to get that done. And the Packers are a significantly better team as a result. Um, again, I think I already said this, but the fact that it's essentially a two-year commitment. Um, Number three, we probably got to stop talking about Bijan. Uh, it was always a long shot to begin with, uh, but it was you know probably the most talked about thing on the call-in show. So everybody obviously was extremely excited about him. I was extremely excited about him, even though I knew that it was an extremely low chance that it was going to happen. Number one, because we already have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and unless we traded or cut Jones, which was not the most likely scenario, it would have been unlikely that we draft Bijan. Now, you could say, well... He's the future or whatever, and yeah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna use a high first round pick on a third running back, and we're not getting rid of AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones is here for likely two more years. It just it's it's it was always a long shot, and now it's basically zero. It's not happening. And then four, I said I think the odds of Rodgers coming back went up, and some people kind of mistook that from the Packers' perspective and didn't really understand that. I'm looking at it from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. I think a lot of people are looking at it from the Packers have control and are going to trade him away and all that. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm saying Aaron Rodgers is more likely to want to come back as a result of this. Knowing, and, and I'm sure he knew this already, but now we know that Aaron Rodgers knows that they've committed to Aaron Jones and this is not a rebuild year. They're going to continue to invest in the players that are here, continue to try to push all in, 
They're demonstrating that and illustrating that. They're backing up their words to Aaron Rodgers about that, basically saying, look, come on back, dude. It's all good. We're going all in. We're going to continue to stack this team, and um, we hope you're here with us. I, I genuinely think that is what is being communicated to Aaron Rodgers. Now, some people said, no, I think he's essential for Jordan Love, and, and that's that's true. There's nothing, again, from the Packers' perspective, it's fair enough to say that you would keep him either way. But from Rodgers' perspective, he's much less likely to be here if the Packers are not committing to Aaron Jones, and he's much more likely if they do commit to him, especially for two years. Which, again, is not a guarantee. I'm just saying it's become likely to be, you know, two years. Anyways, we're right on the verge of talking about it, but I want to I grab it on the other side of the break, just talking about why, um, and I, again, I think it was A.J. Hawk said something in it. You know, I, and I've talked about, well, well, we'll wait until the end of the break. I can do this. I promise I can shut my mouth. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can go to support this very podcast. If you've been able to follow along with any of my ramblings and found it somewhat enjoyable, I really would appreciate just going there and signing up for $1 per month. If everybody did that, I would have a lot of money and that would make me happy. Speaking of, just checked, Nick McSwain, you're my hero, dude. Thank you so much for signing up on Patreon. That really, really means a lot to me. I Again, I really do understand things are tough. I mean, I, I was flying high. I used to come on here and be like, dude, every month, like 10, 15 people would sign up. And now it's like three, four, five, six people a month are, are leaving and nobody's signing up. So I know things are tough. I get it. But again, if you're able, it really, really, really would mean a lot. And Nick, you're awesome. Nico, you're awesome. Andrew, you're awesome. Even give a shout out to Brandon. He lowered his pledge, but he didn't leave. Things are tough, and he's like, I'm, I'm sticking in there. He's hanging on by a thread. It's like Cliffhanger. I want to watch that movie again. It's a good movie. Although, he let go, and she died. So it's not like Cliffhanger, because this time, he hung in there. I honestly don't remember what happened to Cliffhanger, but I know the lady died. It's like the end of Cliffhanger when the person didn't die, I think. So, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, um, if you're looking to give to a worthy cause, I really would encourage you to check them out and see if it's something that you'd be interested in supporting. If you cannot do it financially, I would love it if you could talk to your uh, church if you attend and see if they're interested in supporting something of that nature. It is a discipleship ministry looking to help people that are down and out uh, struggling with addiction, uh, people that are uh, out of prison and whatnot, trying to get them back on their feet. So we'll take a break, and on the other side we will talk about Monsieur Aaron Rogers. I jacked that up so bad. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so the the thought was basically said, look, and this keeps happening, and I've mentioned this before. You kind of look at it and you say, he's not going anywhere, right? This is stupid. We know how this goes. He's not going to retire. He's going to come back. He's going to play for the Packers, right? It's obvious, ninety five percent sure. I think I, I think I even said that earlier on. Like it's ninety some odd percent that it's going to happen. And then you just start buying into everything, and you listen to everything, and the rumors, and the reports, and this, that, and the other. And again, I'm going to tribute to AJ Hawk, but I don't exactly know for sure. But I think he just said it as plainly as possibly. He said, look, I think he's going to come back and play. And if he plays, why would he want to play anywhere else but the Green Bay Packers? And that's true. And then you look at it and say, yeah, but the Packers wouldn't want to keep him. Listen, I, I understand that not everything they're saying is exactly true, but I have never heard an organization more committed to anything in my life than the Green Bay Packers have been committed to Aaron Rodgers. They gave him this contract as a way of demonstrating their commitment. They have said nothing but that they want him back. They have already demonstrated now by doing a massive restructure and asking Aaron Jones to take a pay cut, which he accepted, to free up as much money as possible so that he can come back, so that we can continue going down this path of success because we want to get into the Super Bowl this year and not restart anything. We're not cutting or restructuring a freaking thing. That has very obviously been made clear to Aaron Rodgers. And again, why why would he leave? And I, I, I do not believe the Packers are going to force him out. I, I know we've talked about it, like, you know, they're really in a tight spot and maybe they're going to hint to him like, look, man, we're, we're rebuilding and, you know, you probably don't even want to be here so we can trade you if you... I just don't think that conversation happened. I think that they've been honest with us. And even, you know, Gutekunst had even made a, a point before about, you know, if, if, if we wanted to move on, we would tell him. Because, you know, it's the right thing to do. You, of course, you want to let him know where we stand and all that stuff. But again, all they have done is commit to him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, and made that abundantly clear. They have no interest in moving on from Aaron Rodgers. And even though it doesn't make sense to me and to a lot of other people... They are 100,000% committed to Aaron Rodgers. So again, the question is, is he going to retire or is he going to come back? I think he's going to come back. I do not think he's going to retire. He may, but I don't think he's going to. And if he does, why in the world would he leave? Why would he? Why would you restart somewhere else? You want to go to the Jets? That organization is a disaster and the media is a nightmare. You're just going to get ripped to shreds out there with a bunch of new people that you don't know. You know, hack it. Congratulations. And the scheme is similar, but you're still going to have to kind of relearn everything. And everybody's going to have to relearn all your stuff. You just went through this whole thing of trying to get all these guys on the same page with you. And by the way, I don't know that Randall's leaving. Maybe they're going to bring him back. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But guys that you've worked with are here. Aaron Jones, who is, you could not be more in sync. I mean, that's like a whole John Kuhn thing where the guy just knows. I remember at one point, Roger said, if there's, if there's one guy that knows this offense better than me, it's John Kuhn. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that's Aaron Rodgers, but or Aaron Jones, but I mean, Jones and Dylan are, are 
in sync. They're ready to go. You got David Bakhtiari. He's locked and loaded, man. He's not going anywhere. So, I mean, I really... And listen, I understand, like, teams are calling, and that's interesting. You know, why wouldn't they just shoot him down? Well, I suppose because Rodgers could say, I would like to be traded. So they want to at least leave that option open to Rodgers because they've said, if he wants to, we will work with him. So it makes sense to listen to those calls so that you can make that uh, determination when it happens. But ultimately, it's up to Rodgers what he wants to do. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. I don't know why he would want to. He said a billion. That's the thing. Like everybody's given us the answer a thousand times and we just don't want to hear it. Rodgers has said a billion times he wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. I know things can change. But if you just listen to what people have said, it seems painfully obvious. And again, retirement is an option. Maybe he's going to decide to walk away and then we got to move on from there. And honestly, that might be the best option. As much as I would love the trade compensation, we don't have to deal with the drama anymore, you know, about... Uh, the comparisons and all this stuff like you know he gets to retire a packer and end on great terms and it doesn't become this big drama fest although i would love some picks i'm not gonna lie but whatever it's what one first round pick you know i don't know one rashawn gary like whoop-de-doo who even cares so i'm kind of back there and then i'm sure if this continues to drag out i'll slowly slowly move toward it or we're gonna trade him it's gonna happen smoke there's fire blah 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 but um yeah i just i just think he's gonna come back and i think largely i mean there, there's there's two camps of people over where i'm at there's one camp that says i freaking hate this guy he's a weirdo i don't like his beliefs and what he says and i hate him and i want him to leave and then there's people like me who are just like dude the salary cap is scaring the crap out of me and i don't want to lose jordan love and i'm freaking out and blah 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 so we're, we're kind of in the same camp for different reasons but oh well you know my my thought process is not their their thought process and, and yeah we can come up with all the conspiracy theories we want like they're not throwing Rodgers under the bus because they're so committed uh, to, or because they want to increase his trade value. No, 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 nothing's his fault. You know, everything's fine. But aside from just filling in the blanks with our own made-up stuff, if we just listen to their words, Rodgers likes it here, whether we want to believe that or not. He wants to retire a Green Bay Packer. He loves the guys in the locker room. I mean, just watching Aaron Jones take a $5 million pay cut to stay here that he did not have to do. And he's done that two years in a row now. He doesn't have to do that. You know, I mean, I just, I know Rodgers is his own guy. He's got to do his own thing, but that's got to just tug on your heartstrings a little bit. You know, I mean, that's your guy. He is committed. He is all in. If you want to play, this is it, man. This is where you are. This is your team. Where are you going to go? Where? What are you going to do? I just think, I just think everybody's been giving us the answer for a long time and, and we've been playing this stupid game where we just, first of all, don't listen, and then we start making up our own narratives. I'm not saying it's impossible. It, it is possible. And it seems logical to me. And if it happens, it'd be like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense based on, you know, information. But again, if we just listen to their words, what other conclusion can you come to? What has Rogers always said? What has Gutekunst always said? What has Matt LaFleur always said? They all want to be here. So again, do you think he's going to play? Yes. If he comes back, where's he going to play? It's like 90% Green Bay. So anyways, that's where I'm at today. Tomorrow I'll be in a different spot. Uh, real quick, because I forgot, I want to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Daryl Yeeter. I think that's how you say it. I haven't, I haven't heard from you in a while, man. I hope you're doing well. Really, really appreciate your support. Just call into the show sometime, dude. Say what's up. Say hey. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Give me a call, man. All right, a little bit of news and notes. Um, very, very, very excited. According to Ian Rappaport, 
which is according to his sources. The commanders and Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy have mutual interest in its trending in the right direction toward him being their new coordinator. Both sides are working through specifics, but Bieniemy is the top choice. If all goes well, this should be official today. I am over the moon excited about this. Every single year we do Bieniemy watch. Every single year, the guy doesn't get a job. And then every single year, we have to hear about how this country and every single person in the NFL is massively racist. All the minor- minority owners and GMs, they're all racist for not hiring Eric Bieniemy because that's the only thing it could possibly be. It can't be anything else. And then I have to come on here and explain that it's possible that there are other reasons for him not getting a job. Um, but we don't have to do that this year because it looks like he's going to get hired. And hilariously, um, It looks like the top candidate to replace him is Matt Nagy, which is absolutely perfect because Matt Nagy, I think, was the offensive coordinator before Biennemi. And then Nagy got the Bears job, Biennemi got the job, and now they're just going to let Matt Nagy slide back in, do what he was doing the whole time, and just continue this train rolling like it never... Which, I mean, I guess it kind of sucks for a person like me that wants the Chiefs to regress. There's no reason to believe that that would happen if Matt Nagy gets his old job back. Um, But good, I'm glad for Biennemi. Long overdue. He's been one of the, he's been the offensive coordinator of one of the top team, uh, top offensive teams for a very long time. That may not have very much to do with Biennemi, but this is just kind of the way it goes. If you are the OC and you are overseeing, if, if nothing else, you bring a guy like that in and say, just do what you did there and see if you can pull it off. Now, it's not the job a lot of people were hoping for, and there's still probably people going to be screaming that you know he didn't get a head coaching job and that's racist or whatever, but. Um, Look, the bottom line is he gets the opportunity to go out there and prove that he's the guy that got it done. It's a much tougher. You don't have Pat Mahomes. You don't have Travis Kelsey. I don't know what you have in Washington, but I know Washington is It's kind of a bad decision for him. I mean, it's good in terms of like you need to get out on your own and prove that you are the man, but you got to go somewhere with some tools. <laughs> what do they got, Sam Howell these days? But anyways, it's a, it's a good thing for him to get out of there. Because I, I do think that's the situation. Everybody looks at it and says, that's Andy Reid's offense. You ain't doing jack. So go somewhere else. Make their offense look way better than people expect, which is, you know, if you can get them to be mediocre, you probably exceeded expectations. And then try again for the head coaching thing. I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but I'm just glad that I'm glad we're not doing that again this year. At least I don't think so. Anyways, there's plenty of negative stuff. Um, Freaking Florio went on... Uh, show and there's a bunch of nonsense um that i really maybe tomorrow we'll we'll kind of rage about it but let's stay on the positive uh aaron jones really sets the tone here in green bay and and you know i I talked a lot about that um in terms of like what is this locker room what you know what direction are we going as far as like the people in there and whatnot but and Aaron Jones is is something else, man. He's he's an absolute unicorn. We talk about these generational talents, you know, these guys that come around once every 10, 20 years, you know, the Adrian Petersons and the Calvin Johnsons. I mean, they they just very rarely come along. Jones is is not exactly that as a runner, although I stand by my statement he's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. But just in terms of character, for whatever you think that's worth. And in Green Bay, make no mistake, they they take a lot of pride in that. But I, I mean it. This is a generational human being. And I don't know that I can put anybody else other than maybe Bart Starr in this category of people that you look at and, and what they do and how they carry themselves. And um, just know that they're on a different level, you know? 
you know, for me, that was always my grandpa Ruben. And there's a lot of people in my life that are very similar, but he was always kind of the model for me. And it, it, it was always this, you know, same with my grandma Sharon and, and other people, but it's just that they, there's, there's a lot of people in my life, but you, you look at them and you just think it's unattainable. Like I can't ever be him, but that's what you shoot for. And, um, I think Aaron Jones is one of those guys, and they really, really do not come along very often. And there are times I look at him, and it's like, I just, I don't know, I know I could never be him. And it's just astonishing how he is, the way he carries himself, his character, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, we're going to end with this. Uh, it's a video. He was nominated again for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and his mom and brother surprised him with a video. So the first three quarters of it are, or, you know, two thirds of it are his mom and his brother congratulating him. This is a surprise video. And just know that during that, he's got tears streaming down his face. And then the final third or quarter or whatever is him talking. So I want to play that to close out the show. Son, you do a lot in community. You do a lot for a lot of people. Please know it doesn't go unnoticed. I know that um, dad told you, to take care of, take care of me. And you're doing an amazing job. It's amazing to see you grow and become the young man that you are, the father that you are, the son that you are, the player that you are. Son, please don't stop doing what you do on that field. Continue to give 110%. Continue to be the best there is in whatever you do. I love you, I cherish you, I'm proud of you. I could not ask for a better set of twins than you and Alvin. Um, you have made me grow as an individual. You made me open my eyes to a lot of things. I am ever grateful for you. Know that I love you, I cherish you, and you are my everything. I love you, Booby. Aaron, what's up? It's Alvin here. You know, I'm so proud of you. Everything you've accomplished, the man you've become, the father you've become, and just the person you've become, it's its amazing. You're nominated twice in a row for the Walter Payne Man of the Year Award. Um, that's one of the biggest awards in the NFL because not only does it judge character based off on-the-field stuff, but the stuff that matters the most, and that's the off-the-field stuff. And you continue to rise to the occasion every time and continue to keep growing and continue to just be yourself. It'll never let you down. I'm so proud of you. Dad's proud of you. Um, it's only going to get better from here on out. And uh, like we always talk about, it's just the start. I love you. I'm proud of you. a and all the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was special. No, I definitely did not know they were doing that. That's special, you know. Um, all, all I ever want to do as a child is make my... My mom, my dad, my older brother. I know we're twins, but, you know, uh, he's still my older brother. All you want to do is make them proud. Uh, you want to impress your older brother. You want to get his, you know, his uh, his nod. Yeah, you, you know, but uh, so just for them to hear that they're proud of me and uh, all of that is, is special to me. And that's why I got a little, a little emotional and thinking about my dad as well. And uh, Special is something that I will, I'll, like, I can always look at this video and always have even years down the line or my mom's not here and it's something like that I'll, I'll always have that video and know that she's proud of me 